I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Man, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight in Vancouver, all my real fans. How's it going? Sipping on a 40. My name's Kyle Bowen. Shout out to SB Nation. Shout out to Nux Misconduct. This is the official Canucks program of the network. The Nux Misconduct Network. Get the network wherever you listen to podcasts. You get three shows with one swipe, with one tap. The quickie, silky, and filthy. And this one. This one. Sipping on a 40. The show about those Vancouver Canucks that went into Little Caesars Arena and beat the Red Wings. They got that dub, 5-2. Game just ended. And I must say, that was huge. Say what you want. Game 9 against the Red Wings, a team that that's that's not good. How can that be a huge game? Well, damn. You can't lose to a team like that and be... You can't have many more bad games in a nine-game stretch to start off the season. Let's be real. Game against New Jersey over the weekend, that game sucked. They were bad. Game against Philly, I would say they were bad. Calgary early on in the season, they were bad. No, can't have those. And it was looking like that. Yes, the Canucks were getting chances in the first two periods, but it was looking like they were gripping their sticks too hard. And the, and the Red Wings, they got off to a 2-0 lead through two periods. Shout out to Chalowski. I believe he's a BC boy. All right, any BC boy that scores against the Canucks, man, we taking a toke for you, man. Straight up, yo. Straight up. For a BC bud, we smoking some BC bud. Shout out to you. You got the 2-0 two, the two goal for your Red Wings, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Now let's talk about that second period before we go on, go on to the onslaught that the Canucks the Canucks poured on the Red Wings in the third. That second period, towards the end of it, was pathetic. It was bad. It looked similar, somewhat similar, to, to the third period against the Rangers in New York. And if it isn't for Jacob Markstrom, I feel like we do this every episode praise Jacob Markstrom just stroke this dude off I'm telling you MVP Markstrom tremendous goalie contract year I believe Chris Faber shout out to Canucks conversation he mentioned he mentioned that the homie Markstrom he's playing like he's on that contract year he's gonna get paid he's gonna get paid he's in the zone Markstrom looks like a player a goaltender for that matter, that that understands the opportunity in front of him, all right? He knows that this is his last chance to sign a big deal. He also fully understands that the path he took to get to this point 
was up and down, extremely up and down. Go back to his days in Florida. Highly touted. One of the best prospects outside of the NHL. Jacob Markstrom. Supposed to be the number one there in Florida. Doesn't happen. Rocky start when he gets there. Just inconsistent the whole time. It wasn't working. Then he gets traded. Traded to the Canucks for, for Roberto Luongo. The irony. And Markstrom, who, was, who again was part of that deal, I don't think he was... I don't think he was really on the mind of Canucks fans. He was just another piece. Goes to the AHL, rips it up for green. And he's been, he has been inconsistent prior to, what, the halfway point of last year? During his time as a Canuck. I'm not going to front. I thought this guy had no chance. The Canuck group chats that I'm a part of. Thought he had no chance too. He was shaky. He was always rattled. He couldn't catch anything. His rebound control, bad. He looks sloppy. And I've said this on the program before. There has not been an athlete in the history of my amateur commentating career, whether it be on a mic or in a group chat, that I have been more wrong about other than Jacob Markstrom. I'm telling you. How has he done it? And say what you want. It might be a short sample size. The beginning of this year. And if I'm just taking what? November November onwards from last year. Yeah, that's a short sample size. A year. I, and I would say a year in this era of sport. It, it's still a pretty long time. With things always happening. Things always being said. A year. It's still pretty long. Some people will say it's short. But with Jacob Markstrom. If you're watching the games. He's in his fucking zone. He's in the fucking zone. He's locked the doors. He's lost the keys. He's not getting out of that fucking zone. He's got it. Jacob Markstrom is the most important player to this Canuck team. Not Brock Besser. Not Captain Bo Horvat. Not even Quinn Hughes. Not Elias Pedersen for that matter. It's Jacob Markstrom. This team's strengths are net. The Vancouver Canucks pick up that 5-2 win in big part to Markstrom's play in the first two periods. And I'm talking about ridiculous saves. The team looked tired. They looked dead. I wonder what Travis Green said said after that second intermission. Or said said during the second intermission. Because something happened. Now, before we get into the third, I do want to read this tweet. Shit was getting intense on Twitter as well, man. Shit was getting intense on Twitter. All right, we had Jeff Patterson. Shout out to Jeff. Shout out, shout out to the, uh, what, what's the new podcast they have? Anyways, shout out to Jeff. He's the, he's a hero in here. And let's get some fucking, let's get some intense, intense music in the background because shit was getting tense. How was this intense music? Sounds like the end of some movie. Anyways, Patterson Jeff on Twitter, getting into it during the second intermission. A lot of similarities to the Devils game on Saturday. But then the Canucks were always just one shot away. Tonight they need two. And it feels like that's a big ask at this point. And to that, some dude. Uh, how, what is this? He's at Bodhi Sat DG. 
I'm not going to spell that out for you. I don't really get it. Anyways, he came back at Jeff with, what's with the negativity? We have a good team, but not every game will be good start to finish. Even playoff teams lose. How about actually being a fan? If not, you could go elsewhere. Whoa. Whoa. No, that, that's what he said too. I said whoa too because that was harsh. Going to be a lot of broken ankles jumping on and off the bandwagon. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What an exchange, okay? What an exchange. And I got to say this. What the homie said right here. Not every game will be good start to finish. Even playoff teams lose. Wow. Wow. Get, the, get this music out of here, okay? This music sucks. Shit was intense during that second intermission. I mean, look. If the Canucks were to lose this game to the Red Wings, they would be 5-4 and four with, with two of their victories coming, coming against, yes, those Red Wings and Los Angeles, two of the worst teams in the league. And I said it before, the Canucks were on pace through nine games to play four really bad hockey games. It wasn't going to look good. It wasn't. And Jeff was right. It didn't look like the Canucks were going to score two goals to get back into it. But the third period happened, and Captain Bo Horvat led the charge, and he was pumped up. In the first period, I believe on the power play, he missed a good opportunity. The dude was frustrated, came into the game with, what, two goals, one assist in eight games? That's not good enough. That's not good enough. And the homie gets a hat trick in the third, and two of those goals right in front of the net on the power play. A power play. A power play that is now led. Yes, led by Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes is going to pick up a ton of apples this season. When Besser and Pedersen start hitting the net more, and I do believe they switch sides soon. You know, I think, I think Green did that because they kept missing the net. And now I think he'll go back to it. We need those shots back there. And eventually those guys are going to hit the net. They're too good. Back to Quinn. We always talk about Quinn on sipping on a 40. I've said it. The best Canucks defenseman of all time. Could Olin do that? Could Olin run a point like that? If Bertuzzi and Nazan weren't chipping in on the power play, could Olin run it? Could Jovo run it? Not like Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes back at Michigan playing in, playing in Detroit against the Red Wings put on a show in that third period. And there were times in the second period where we're hearing, we're hearing a little bit how he could be tired. I think Green did say that to the media. Different schedule, different lifestyle. Shit's different for Quinn Hughes. But in that third period, he showed that he's a gamer. He's a fucking game breaker. He gets a shot through. He knows how to make a pass. He's so elusive on that blue line. He really is the man on that power play. The power play runs through Quinn Hughes. He gets a shot through. Bo Horvat bangs one in for a rebound. I believe he tipped the second one. And from that point on, the Canucks just took, took over. It looked like they were having fun. It looked like they were playing a bad team. Everyone was flying. Vertanen scores one. Is Shotgun Jake still happening? Ah, fuck it. What, what is it, Tuesday? Tuesday night in Vancouver? Have a beer. Go ahead. Even Tim Schaller scores? Holy shit. Timmy Schaller. A favorite on this program. 
Timmy Schaller, bingo, bango, boom, bam, goes five holes on an incredible rush by Pedersen. Now, Pedersen, who, who does look frustrated sometimes offensively, gripping the stick too hard, trying to make too much happen, but it doesn't take away from the fact that he is still the most complete forward on this team. The guy hustles. The guy's a gamer. The guy back checks and he competes. Look at his wall work. Look at his back check. Guy does everything. Gets the puck, skates through the neutral zone. And, and he was even more pumped up than Schaller when he dropped it off to him and Schaller finished it. Timmy Schaller. Do we have do we have the uh the crowd effect on here? Oh, we do, we do. Timmy Schaller, baby. That's for you. Timmy fucking Schaller, baby. Gets the job done. Gets the job done. Makes it 4-2. Then Horvat gets the empty netter. It's only fitting. The guy really, really inspired the troops today. Your Canucks. Important third period. I I think that that third period could really, could really start something. That's the most fun the Canucks have looked all season. Obviously scoring five in one period. But they were they, they look confident. They look like they were on a mission. They look like they were having fun once again. And that's when... That's when you when you do your best. No matter what. Whatever you're doing, you do your best when you're having fun. That's what life's all about. Your Canucks pick up a 5-2 win. Big win. Big third period. And, and shit would have hit the fan if they lost today. It's, it still would have been fun. Don't get me wrong. Canucks Twitter, late October, would have been fun. But wins, you got to take them. You got to accept them. And like I said, man, have, have a drink, Vancouver, or wherever you are, if you're a Canuck fan. Okay, let's run a commercial. We got to get paid on this program. One penny a download. But first, like always, we got to run the Tim Schaller segment. Because, man, I want you to learn everything about Tim Schaller. Who the fuck is that guy? Tim Schaller went to Merrimack High School. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All righty, we're back here on Sipping on a 40. Shout out to SB Nation. Shout out to Nux Misconduct. My name is Kyle Bowen. Once again, your Canucks, they went into Little Caesars Arena and picked up a 5-2 win. Now, speaking of Little Caesars, we got to talk about it, okay? We got to talk about Little Caesars. Let's have a debate. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good is Little Caesars? Now, I'm pretty sure everyone has a little seizure story you know whether it be only having like what seven bucks in your pocket you need some dinner whether it be you know something like this which has happened to me a couple times you know smoking weed picking up a box of pizza at 1 a.m at little seizures boom bam hot and ready great times the stoner's delight it happens it's a good experience in fact the pizza tastes way better and that's what i want to talk about Okay, how good is the pizza? Let's be real. 
Is it even worth $7? That hot and ready $5 pizza after taxes. It's around that, right? You get the crazy bread shit. Hey, man, you got to get the damn crazy bread, all right? I believe that Little Caesars is a solid 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10. Now, I believe it was the H3 podcast. They probably gave it an F. They were comparing it to, like, all different types of pizza. And and honestly speaking, I mean, the pizza itself, what did I give it? A 6? A 7? I don't even know. I forgot already. I already told you. Anyways, (laughs) not surprising. Little Caesars is basic. What does it really taste like? I've heard things like car- cardboard mentioned, you know? Cardboard with melted cheese and tomato sauce. Is it really like that? Now, Little Caesars, I-, I also saw a little YouTube video. And they were talking about how many of them are closing down. In fact, a lot of pizza chains across America are closing down. Is pizza by slice just the main thing? Like, what's happening? Little Caesars has been around for a long time, too. I believe it was invented, what, in the mid-1950s, right? I believe so. And the $5 deal is just a phenomenon. More consistent than Toonie Tuesday. You got to give it that. Remember Toonie Tuesday, kids, back in the day? Well, when I was a kid, it was actually 2 bucks. Little Caesars, they didn't change it up. It's always been 5 bucks. It's always been hot and ready. You got to give them props. Man, I really want to know, how many times have you been truly satisfied with the pizza from Little Caesars? And when making that that judgment, I do want you to not to consider how much money you spent on the pizza. Take away the price. Take away the fact that you got it for absolutely nothing. How much did you enjoy that pizza? Now, I know we don't play the Red Wings anymore, but as soon as I get my hands... On some Little Caesars pizza, I will do a little bit of a review. Maybe on an, on a Wednesday game when we have the boys over, the rest of the staff, we'll all talk about it. Because it is up for debate, in my opinion, okay? It is. How good is Little Caesars pizza? I gave it a six, but it's it's it holds its place in my heart. It really does. All right, Little Caesars, I just gave y'all a plug. You better respect my gangster. Okay, back to hockey, back to hockey. Before the game today, the one at Little Caesars Arena, Vancouver was going nuts. The Twitter world had Chris Tanev trending the day after the Canadian election. Top trending topic, Chris Tanev. And you, you want to know why? You want to know why? Because Bob McKenzie came on the radio waves and brought up Troy Stetcher. Didn't even bring up Chris Tanner. Brought up Troy Stetcher from the top. And people were talking. Now, there's rumors that teams are interested in Troy Stetcher. And that his camp... I, I, I don't want to say... I don't want to say asking for a trade. Maybe concerned with his minutes. I know he needs a new contract at the end of the season. So, they obviously want their client getting those minutes. In fact, we have a clip from... What is this from? Uh, insider Trading. Shout out to the TSN crew. We need more TSN. Okay, when, do, when does this TV deal run out again? I'm tired of Sportsnet having all the games. Create competition in Canada, the place where hockey fucking matters. Get both of the networks having a ton of games. 
We need to see the panel more. Anyways, they talked about the Stetcher situation. Are off to a solid start at five and three. A little bit deeper team this year, but when you get deeper, some players fall down the depth chart. Troy Stetcher out of the top four. Is his camp getting a little restless? Well, I think it's a situation worth monitoring again because, as you say, James, I mean, Stetcher's been a top four defenseman the last couple of years, but then you bring in Myers and now you have a healthy Tanev, and suddenly Stetcher's on the third D pairing. But I can tell you this. The Canucks are happy to finally have depth. I mean, this is why they built this team the way they did. They haven't had depth in a long time, particularly on defense. And it's a team that's been hit hard by injuries on their blue line the last couple of years. So right now, that's the plan is to keep a guy like Stetcher for that reason because he's a good player, they have depth, and they know that it's a long year. Now, it is a contract year for Troy Stetcher. So at some point, I'm sure there are teams that are going to circle around this situation and reach out to the Canucks. But right now, the Canucks are happy to have him on their team. Troy Stetcher, his camp, supposedly concerned about the minutes. Who knows if it's a rumor? Who knows if it's true? And again, it would make sense. Guy needs a new contract. His camp would want more minutes for that player making millions. Now the question is, does Troy deserve more minutes with who was in front of him? Does he deserve more minutes? Chris Tanev is there. Edler's there. Myers, who has been solid. He's been solid. No complaints outside that one turnover early in the season. And Quinn Hughes, all above him. And in my opinion, rightfully so. It is what it is. Now, he does have a case of being concerned because, once again, he doesn't have a contract. And the dude deserves the money. He wants the money. Go get it. And Troy, a fucking tryhard, a team that, a player that any team would love. And he does have fans here. Troy from Richmond, a big thing to Canuck fans. They love to compete. They love the ethic. They love his leadership. Yes, leadership. They love the way he talks in front of a mic. He's firm with his answers. I fuck with Troy Stature, true leader. I don't want to see him go. I don't. And I don't think he's going this year. I get that Chris Tanev needs a new deal too. And when you look at the pipeline, if you want to call it that... It, Who's there? Oli Levy? Is that what they're concerned about? Somebody's got to go because of Oli Levy? Why? Why are we crossing this bridge so early? I think Oli still has a lot to prove. He does. Now, some people with Chris are concerned about his injury history and how picking Chris in front of Troy Stetcher would be a horrible decision. I, I don't know if horrible is the right word to use here. I don't. Chris Tanev looks happy. He's playing well. A good Chris Tanev is a good hockey player. Is he more important to, to the Canucks than Troy Stetcher? Yes. Down the road, that's up in the air. I know everyone's got analytics, fancy stats, heat charts, boom, bam, graphs and everything telling you that, no, you got to keep Troy. It's not going to work. Chris Tanev is going to get injured, obviously, right? This is what happens when you have depth. It does. This is what happens when you extend guys like Edler. This is what happens when you give Myers a big deal. This is what happens when you have a question mark top five prospect according to where he got drafted in Ole Levy. This is what happens when you got a rookie defenseman like Quinn Hughes. What does Troy Stetcher do? What does he bring to this team that's so special? That means he deserves more minutes. 
it's a bridge that's getting crossed now and it'll be crossed later on for the whole time. I wonder if he is on the if he is on the block, what do the Canucks want? Do you want Jim Benning making that trade? I don't know. You know, you could already see it, man. This guy's going to go after a, a prospect in an organization that's not getting his chance, that needs a second home. Jim Benning type of move. Yeah, I could see Troy Stetcher getting moved. And if he's getting moved, he's getting moved for a forward. I do think this team needs more skill. I could also see them holding on to Troy, extending him. And you got to go back to Jim Benning always being a big spender. He likes July 1st. He, he likes having holes in his roster where he can just be like, yo, Frances Francesco, give me the damn checkbook. Give me a fucking pen. I got this. Let me fill up those fucking holes. He loves handing out the moolah. Troy from Richmond, good player. Troy from Richmond, hard worker. Troy from Richmond, good leader. Vancouver doesn't want to see you go, but it's sports. It is what it is. It really is what it is. Now, that's all I have for today. Thank you so much for listening to Sippin' on a 40. My name's Kyle Bowen. Once again, get the network. Three shows with one swipe, one tap. I don't know what phone you got. I don't know how you do it. But wherever you listen to podcasts, get the Nux Misconduct Network. Make your hockey life a little bit better. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I do not know when you're listening to this, but I really fucking appreciate it. Peace.